Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, the 22nd of November, the day before Thanksgiving. It's the memorial of St. Cecilia, Virgin and Martyr, patron saint of music and musicians. And our reading today is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. When While people were listening to Jesus speak, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought that the kingdom of God would appear there immediately. So he said a nobleman went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship for himself and then to return. He called ten of his servants and gave them ten gold coins and told them, Engage in trade with these until I return. His fellow citizens, however, despised him, and sent a delegation after him to announce, We do not want this man to be our king. But when he returned after obtaining the kingship, he had the servants called, to whom he had given the money, to learn what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Sir, your gold coin has earned ten additional ones. He replied, Well done, good servant. You have been faithful in this very small matter. Take charge of ten cities." Then the second came and reported, Your gold coin, sir, has earned five more. And to this servant, too, he said, You take charge of five cities. Then the other servant came and said, Sir, here is your gold coin. I kept it stored away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you, because you are a demanding man. You take up what you did not lay down, and you harvest what you did not plant. He said to him, With your own words I shall condemn you, you wicked servant. You knew I was a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and harvesting what I did not plant. Why did you not put my money in a bank? Then on my return, I would have collected it with interest. And to those standing by, he said, Take the gold coin from him and give it to the servant who has ten. But they said to him, Sir, he has ten gold coins. He replied, I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now as for those enemies of mine who did not want me as their king, bring them here and slay them before me. After he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. Okay, what a story. What a parable. You know, Jesus is all about mercy and love and kindness And he reaches out to all the greatest sinners and he reels them in and he conquers their hearts. And yet he preaches these parables and it's in many places where he warns us of hell. And in this parable, see we, last week we had the parable of the talents. I believe it was on a Sunday. Very similar to this one. Perhaps it's even the same one that he told. It was just written down in a different way by a different apostle. Well, I'll bet you he, I, 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 I'll bet you any amount of money <laughs> that I have money to bet that he preached it twice, but he preached it differently. Uh, because we don't want to get into saying that, oh, well, just it's up to the interpretation of the writer. No, we believe they faithfully conveyed to us what Jesus said. But in the other one, we're talking about talents. Whereas in this one, We're talking about gold coins and a king who is being rejected by his people. See, with the Lord, 
I mean, this might sound harsh, but these are his words. With the Lord, it's all or nothing. When we open up to him, when we turn to him, when we're willing to turn away from our sins, he just comes with floods and floods of grace. All we need to do is give him that inch. All we need to do is start turning towards him. And he carries us the rest of the way. He takes us. He heals us. He helps us. He loves us. It's endless. But when we are rejecting him, and he's specifically returning, re referring here now to the Pharisees who really, really rejected him. But yeah, when we reject him, he's talking about hell. He's talking about, all right, these enemies of mine, they didn't want me as their king. Slay them now before me. This is where I really, I struggle with people who tell me all the time, well, you know, I used to be Christian. I used to be Catholic. I used to go to church. But because of this or that thing that happened, now I reject it all. Rather than saying I reject that one person or that one thing and I'm wrestling with it, no, they reject it all. Well, there is no other way to go. There is no other savior. There is no other name under heaven by which we are saved. Jesus's is the only one. And so he's saying here, you know, he's going to be the king. And those people that are rejecting his kingship, let's think about it. what does it mean to reject his kingship? To say, because of this or that, you know, this happened to me in the church, that happened to me, I had a bad priest encounter, this or that, now I reject all of it. What are you saying? Or, or very often, it's just because of attachment to sin. They're basically saying, I don't want Jesus to be king over my life. Oh, they might still want the good feelings associated with celebrating Christmas or associated with singing some religious songs, or whatever. I mean, there's always good feelings connected to this and that of our faith. Never mind all the good feelings of just being alive, having light, having warmth, having heat, having air conditioning in the summer, having water, having food. These are all things from God that we're not going to have in hell. Heaven forbid any of us goes to hell. But that's just the thing. We don't want them, but we do want them. He's saying, you have to want me. You have to want my kingship, but realize it's all about love and justice and mercy and peace and all these good things. But he's not saying all those pleasant things here, although there is a very pleasant part of the story here. And this is more than just pleasant. This is glorious. And that is that realization that he's given us the gold coins. He's invested so much in us. He's given us so much. And I preached about this just the other day with the talents. He gives us our gifts. It might be you have an ability to do something great. It might be the gifts of your children, your family, uh, your home. So many things, so many things we've been given by Almighty God. And we need to exercise that gratitude and say, yes, Lord, I want your kingship. His kingship isn't about making us slaves. <laughs> So I don't know why in this parable, he doesn't get into that much detail, why they were rejecting his kingship. Maybe because he had a moral code and they didn't want to follow it. So they're rejecting him and he's saying, yes, hell is what comes to those. But it's a king that's willing to invest in his people. So this king gives them all gold coins. 
And when they use the gold coins, we're getting back to the parable of the talents. When they use the gold coins, when they invest them, etc., it produces more and more and more. And so God is rewarding us for the more that we produced. But the fact that more was produced is the reward in and of itself. So it's exponential. And to those who have more, more will be given them. It's more exponential. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. So I'm thinking of, um, I don't know, just there's so many examples in the lives of the saints. There's so many examples in the lives of our listeners. Uh, one example would be, I'm just thinking of St. John Vianney. St. John Vianney, um, you know, many of us know the story. He wasn't very intelligent. He wasn't anybody with any kind of social standing. He eked his way into the priesthood. He barely passed. He barely made it in. I believe he was a draft dodger, you know, in the French Revolution when there was just total chaos and everybody killing everybody else. And then he gets ordained. They send him to the smallest parish in France, a parish out in the middle of nowhere that nobody knew anything about. So what does he do? He uses his talents. He invests the gold coins God gave him. What are his gold coins? Well, I just said, you know, by this world's standards, he had nothing. But what did he have? He had his faith. Okay. He prayed. He fasted. He showed kindness and charity to the people. And 10 years later, he was still pretty much in a state of failure. The people wanted to get rid of him, although there was no one else to send there. And he agreed with the people. Yeah, let me just go to a monastery where I can pray. I'm no good. But guess what? The Lord made good on the investment. Little by little, with his prayers and his fasting, the Lord started to work through him. The Lord started to heal people through him. He was a miraculous healer. He always attributed all the miracles, though, to St. Philomena. And who knows, maybe they were just completely hers, but still, he was part of that process. And the people wanted to go to him for confession. Little by little, more and more, the faith increased, and he was reading souls, and then he was hearing confessions for hours on end. And it increased and increased, and he was just doing so many good things, more and more ministering to the people, teaching the children, uh, and it just grew and grew and grew until finally all of France pretty much was re-transformed from the French Revolution and the downfall they experienced there, now the country was this, the eldest daughter of the church once again. It was strong once again. And so many people attributed this to St. John Vianney, just visiting his parish, going to him for confession, listening to his sermons. And 50 years later, you know, he's still this humble little priest. To look at him, you'd think nothing. He wore rags, basically. Yet he transformed a country because of his faithfulness, because he invested what he was given, even though by worldly standards he wasn't given much. I think also of St. John Newman. Same story, except he was Bishop of Philadelphia. But he was very humble. He was a foreigner, and they didn't like foreigners, even though everyone in America has come from other places. Uh, the people in Philadelphia in the early 1800s, they resented this foreigner becoming their bishop. He was poor and lowly and simple, but he was holy. Once again, he invested the coins that he was given. And guess what happened? The Lord blessed his episcopacy. The Lord blessed his time in Philadelphia. The Lord blessed his little efforts, his little humble efforts. 
and little by little, more and more, what happened? He, he started 40 hours, you know, in, in Philadelphia. He just drew everybody into Eucharistic adoration. He accomplished so much because of his prayer, his devotion to the Eucharist. Then he founded all these schools. He brought in all these sisters and just, he was an example to the faithful and he loved them and he got to know the people. He was only Bishop for eight years, but they knew he was a saint. And now in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, he is still doing so much. There's still endless miracles through his intercession. So many people flood that shrine on 5th and Girard all the time. So many people are benefiting in growing in their faith because of this little man doing his little thing. But what was it? He wasn't given much by worldly standards, but he took what he was given. He invested it. He used his talents and it, everything grew and grew and grew until an Archbishop Chaput, who was recently Bishop of Philadelphia, he was co complimented by someone in an interview saying, look at all the good things you've accomplished. And they list all these things. And he said something to the effect of, he said, I, I forget how he said it. I think he said like in one year of St. John Newman being Bishop, he accomplished, uh, all <laughs> everything that the rest of us bishops in Philadelphia have done all together. Uh, and that was because of his personal holiness, his saintliness. Um, so the Lord wants us to take what we've been given and invest it. Realize we have a king. Why should we not want him to be king? If we're going to cling to our sins, if we're going to cling to the things of this world over his kingship, okay, then we're going to lose. We're going to lose out. We're not going to have what we need. We're not going to have love and joy and peace in our hearts. We're going to have anxiety and sadness. And we're always going to wonder why we can't figure things out. We're always going to blame everything on everybody else. The Lord is trying to transform our hearts. Take what he has given you. Recognize he is the king, but he is a loving king. He made you. He's preparing a place for you in heaven, especially as we get ready for Thanksgiving Day. Let's take time today to be grateful, to exercise the virtue of gratitude. What has God given me? What am I happy for in my life? And how can I take the things that I have been given till the, my very last breath? How can I take the things, the gold coins that God, my father has given to me? And how can I continue to invest them to produce more and more and more good? So I hope everybody has a great day. God bless. <laughs>